Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Books to Business podcast. I want to welcome all the new listeners. We had our very best week last week, and I'm excited to talk about this book. Um, and for those that don't know that, we, we, we do a book a week. We read a book at a level where we can teach it, and we share the ideas in the book in an entertaining format. And this episode is no different. Uh, Simon Sinek, Start With Why. How great leaders inspire everyone to take action. Um, going to be some very simple uh, ideas that we're going to share about not what you do or how you do it, but why. Uh, and some tools that you can use to get clarity of the objectives of your business um, more in the realm of purpose. And so that you can really inspire those that lead you and those that are connected to you in your business, your team and whatnot. And also every Thursday night now we added a new element to the show, uh, a live broadcast on Thursday night. We do it in a Zoom meeting live. It's a live video recorded workshop. Uh, all are welcome. There'll be a link in the comments. If you want to register, you'll get a, um, an invitation to the Zoom meeting. If you cannot make it, we will send you a copy of the recording. I'm looking forward to um, sharing the show with you and welcome. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Books to Business podcast. I'm Eddie Pinero. I'm Terrence McMahon. And today we have Starts With Why. Um, really good book. Uh, How Great Leaders Inspire Everyone to Take Action. Simon Sinek. Top fiver. That, uh, oh. One of the best books I've ever... I was actually angry with myself reading it that I hadn't read it sooner. I wonder if this is required reading at like Wharton and Harvard Business School. I don't know. You ever wonder that? Like, what books do they have these people reading if you don't read this book? It probably is in the curriculum. I don't know. You think it is? It might be. I'm sure he's spoken for the group. Yeah. I mean, a guy, it's just that to me, like, when we talk about life, business, any example, that's the center of the universe right Mm -hmm. there. Makes you think. I thought about every single aspect of my life while reading that book. I know. You you, you rethink everything. I remember when his TED Talk came out, which was, I think, in 2016. That was actually the year I got sick. And I remember everyone starting to to blend his stuff into their presentations like years later. It's like, oh, this is why we're in business. Like, this is the the reason that we uh, exist. And it was way, way after the fact that... uh, you know, that people were, 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 were in business, but maybe not doing as well as they could be. Or getting the feeling of success. There's a part, the part in his, uh, it's very rare that he tells his story at the very end of the book. How he was, you know, he's, he went into business to be an entrepreneur and he started to feel like he wasn't successful even though he technically was. Right, because he didn't have the why. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't connect the dots with why he started to be a business owner, versus um, versus uh, how and what. That was an important message. He calls that the split. Right. And he says, um, you know, it's the theme throughout the book. You know, even these these huge, you know, CEOs um, that have these meetings and they get together and they talk and they reminisce about the beginning, the startup phase. You know, when. Uh, when they were just starting out because they had their why and things were exciting. And then mm-hmm. they get to a point where they actually get their success mm-hmm. and they lose their why. All right. Yeah. And that's when, you know, things sort of go off the rails. I mean, it, right. you know, 
yes, they lose their sense of enjoyment, fulfillment, satisfaction, but it's also when you start seeing companies decline. Oh, that's right. I remember the split. It's a departure from your core, your core values and beliefs right. to start to manage numbers and results. Like instead. Walmart's a perfect example. Yeah. I didn't realize Walmart struggled like that, but I guess they have. They, you know, Walton was all about his employee, was all about knowing their names and, and, and interacting with them. You know, doing special things, and what you know, they're they're known now as a basically a, a sweatshop, right? Really, I mean, to do anything to drop the price. Yeah, and the current CEO, I guess, is really is really um, addressing that. The, you know, their why was uh, Sam Walton's. You know, his why was it's about people first. You know, it's about the employees that take care of the customer that ultimately would take care of the shareholder. Yeah, the employees first, uh, which is interesting. It was uh, a real yeah. I mean to the, how they went from sort of being for the common man mm-hmm. in the business that anyone would want in their you know community right. to the business that legislation was constantly being put on the table to keep them out you yeah. know well, let's talk about i mean we're, we're kind of bouncing into some stories or let's talk about the basis of uh, of his book uh start with why and he has something called the golden circle right so companies that that um that there's three elements to a company, uh, you know, what you do, how you do it, and why you do it. And a lot of companies have it backwards. Like he, when he was an entrepreneur and he was doing well, he, he had it backwards because his why was last, not first. Right. Right. So companies know what they do. Everybody knows what they do. Most of them have some kind of how they do it. Explaining their their secret sauce, or what makes them different, their USP, their unique selling proposition, and then they then then they'll tell you why. Right. Um, and that's the that those are companies that can um, what did they say manipulate people to buy products versus inspiring them. The opposite is true, right? Inspiring. Yeah. If you don't have a why, you know you can have success, but it's generally short term because you need to manipulate something. Like last week, I ended with the point of the razor. And why that didn't do well compared to the iPhone. Because the Razor was a manipulation. Right. Uh, the Razor was, here's a product, we struck gold, but, I mean, that's what it is. It's a product. The iPhone is in line with Apple's core why, which is challenging the status quo, being revolutionary, this awesome new piece of tech that stood for creativity. Right, thinking differently. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. interesting. Oh, did, we, did we talk about that last week? Well, I just I looked at the camera okay. and I was like, next week we'll talk oh, about... Dude, you were, yeah. you were browsing ahead again to you were talking about Brene Brown coming into the from lunch today. Gotta be a step ahead, like, kids. You, you are, and I'm a, I'm a little old to be, I gotta catch up. <laughs> I have to catch up with you. That's all right. I'll, 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 I'll sneak it up on you. Yeah. Um, but the yeah the apple is the symbol like the the apple on the computer is the symbol of who you are. You know, you think differently. You are kind of a rebel against the status quo because Apple computers that you know are statistically subpar computers. Right. You know they're they're more expensive. Right. In terms of their capability and yeah. all that stuff. They're yeah. not as fast. I guess. Um, I'm an Apple user. I think we're all Apple users. Mm-hmm. You're an Apple user too, right? Yeah. Across sure. the board. I struggle with PCs. But that's you know I think differently. I'm I'm uh, I'm a sucker for what they stand too. for. I, yeah. I, I, um, every time I go to Apple, it's like I'm winding up to buy something I don't need. Like I literally buy everything they have. But the <laughs> the product itself is more expensive. It doesn't have as many software applications as, as a as a PC, and it doesn't and isn't as fast. It's way more expensive. Yeah. I think it could be triple. Wait till you try the new AirPods. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, that's right. I have the, <laughs> I have a subpar AirPod. I have AirPod Envy. 
Uh, you came home with those one day. You were so happy. Hey, yeah, it was my it was my first time getting them. Yeah. I, like it's just how easy they are is, is amazing. Yeah. But I, I wanted to bring this up, but I don't want to butcher it. He does a re- maybe you can look this yeah. up, Stevie. He does a really good job of he he gives what apples. Uh, like mission statement would be mm-hmm. looking the wrong way, and then when they start with why, what it is. Uh, I I know what it is. I studied it. Hit me. It was my. It was, he was comparing Dell to Apple. No, no, no. Apple's Apple's mission statement. Their mission statement. So like, I kind of remember it too. I, I'll try to get up the say, dome. In, in everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo and thinking differently. Mm-hmm. We make beautifully designed computers. They're easy to use. Um, Want to buy one? Is that is that kind of? The and then he says, "Oh, we happen to make computers too, something like exactly. that." We that do was, this that was by the right way. Beautifully designed computers that are yeah. easy to use. As we all butcher it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. I remember because because he, he compared Dell to Apple, which which I, which I think was the, the easiest one. But the razor to the iPhone is just as good. Right. You know, Dell says that we we make uh, beautifully designed computers that are easy to use. Um. um at a good price, want to buy one? Yeah. And Apple, Apple, Apple says in the beginning, there, you know, there's no why in there. And Apple says, in everything we do, we challenge the status quo uh, by thinking differently, and we show this to the world by making beautifully designed computers that are easy to use. Here it is. Want to buy one? What is it? With everything we do, we aim to challenge the status quo. We aim to think differently. Our products are user friendly, beautifully designed, and easy to use. We just happen to make great computers. Want to buy one? And then the inverse of that. Yeah. The inverse. Let's see if he has it. Does he have it? Talking about the tech. It's right here. It's like, we make great computers. They're user-friendly, beautifully designed, and easy to use. Want to buy one? That's like how you start. They start with like the computers. They start that they're beautiful, and then they already ask what you want to buy without even knowing the why. It's a what and how with no why, and a why, then what, Yeah. then how. Um, Difference, you know, difference. I mean, it's a difference between being a logo and a symbol. Right. You know, in fact, uh, this is pretty cool here. If you look at this computer, like an Apple computer, if you saw this, you'd see that the computer logo on an Apple is upside down when it's closed to the user because when you open it up, it shows everybody you're an Apple user. The Dell computer, you can read it, and, and then it's upside down when you open your computer. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's uh, the symbols are different. Most, you know, but Apple's one where if you like walk by someone in the airport and they're an Apple user, yeah, you can almost have a moment. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, yeah, it's kind of cool. There, he uses Apple throughout the entire book. Apple and Martin Luther King in almost every section of the book. He he talks about how. Yeah, Apple, Apple, Apple is a loyal. I mean, there's no more loyal companies or, or buyers than an Apple buyer. Yeah, like they're, they're, you pay a premium for loyalty, um, and you know, a good repeat customer will come back, but a loyal customer will travel longer. They'll wait in line. They'll pay a premium. That's yeah. the difference between, you know, the PC and the Apple. You know, the iPhone and the and the whatever phone. The, what is the other one? Google. My son uses that one. Android. Android, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would never. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even text in a group text with him. It's all green. I would never do that. The audacity. I would throw, I'm going to fire him. The, uh, <laughs> the, um, the, if I had to break it down, this, right. this section, what we're talking about, it was, you know, if you, if a company knows their why, 
it's your identity. Like you're excited, like Harley yeah. Davidson, Apple, like you identify with their core mission. Companies that don't have that, and this is what you were alluding mm-hmm. to a second ago, they have to find ways to manipulate you. So whether, and, and that's not necessarily like as bad as it sounds, right. but like manipulate you in various ways using pricing, using new products, using celebrities that say, hey, this is great. Like there's always some type of push because they don't have that identity. Right. Yeah. Manipulation is a form of uh, incentive. Like price, you could do a two for one or a BOGO or right. a, or some kind of money back guarantee or some kind of overnight ship. Amazon does it with overnight shipping. They're short-term tools. Yeah. And they work. Fear, you know, missing out. You, there's only a couple left. You've got scarcity and things like that. Those will manipulate people to buy. But being being inspiring somebody to buy because of what the product stands for, the belief in the product, um, like a uh, there's a good, another good example of um, like Oprah, Oprah people that watch Oprah. Oprah's got an extraordinarily loyal fan base, and she did a promotion once where um, she gave away a car to everybody that came to the audience mm-hmm. that day. Um, but what, what people won't be, won't be able to recall is that they actually, what Pontiac gave $7 million worth of cars to Oprah to give away as, a, as an incentive and a manipulation to get people to buy Pontiacs. But years later, nobody remembers that Pontiac uh, donated the car. They only remember that Oprah, Oprah gave everyone a car because she's known for being generous. That's like a big part of her brand. And it wasn't in line with Pontiac. Why? Right. It was a mismatch. Yeah, yeah. Pontiac was trying to manipulate people to buy a car. Because they were part of the promotion, like Oprah gives away 200 Pontiacs. The, the Pontiac part got dropped off the story probably relatively soon. Mm. Yeah, it's the difference between loyalty, brand loyalty, and, and um, you know, and just having a customer, I guess, um, inspiring people and manipulating them. That's cool. Yeah. What, what was your big takeaway for your own your own business and your world? Um, for this thing. Just to use, so the why should not be something that you check up on every once in a while or something that you're cognizant of that's a talking point. It should yeah. be the filter you run everything you do through. Every business transaction, every like it should align with your why, otherwise it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, he talks about having a business partner and turning down lots of money and the, his business partner would say, why? What are you doing? Money's money. And he would say, well, that doesn't align with that, that client does not align with who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's just something that, you know, long-term is, is the most important. Yeah, his client, his company is mission to inspire people to inspire others. That's what his consulting business does, which is kind of cool. That's a good business. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a, it's an interesting thing because our, our podcast here originally it was called your voice to the world for those of you that started with us early on and we were we wanted to help entrepreneurs and people that were aspiring to be entrepreneurs we wanted to inspire them to make their lifestyle the center of their universe and have that business revolve around it right all right which is an interesting statement it's not a complete why you know as i look back on it what would make it a complete why you know, so that you can be more healthy, healthy, you can be more happy, you can be more philanthropic, you can spend more time with your family. Like all the reasons to be successful in business have nothing to do with the money. Right. It's your purpose. Yeah. 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 And then, by the way, that's still the crux of what we do. We just found a better way to say it. Yeah. Well, the reality was we were, we were looking at a, 
a business model that we could do. But that's why we podcast because it's it's something we enjoy, and you know it's a way we can reach a lot a lot of people to get the lifestyle friendly business so they can enjoy their life. Right, a lot of people don't enjoy their life. They sign up for the dream and they end up getting the nightmare after the ether wears off. Mm. You end up uh, like, I don't really like this anymore. That's what that's what happened to me after maybe fifteen or eighteen years of doing well, really well. I didn't feel successful. I felt um, indifferent, which was worse than it's worse than hating it. It's like being zero zero emotion, just indifferent and a, and a complete slave to the process. What do you mean indifferent? Like, well, the opposite of. Um, but like you as a person, you were yeah, you, indifferent. Like I, or like towards the. I didn't work love it. Did. I didn't hate it. I, I got up and did it. I see. Yeah, indifference is you know, the opposite of love. Isn't hate? It's indifference. Right. I've heard that before. The opposite of, you know, of, of of life isn't death. It's living death. And indifference, when you don't have a good why, you slip into indifference, which I think is like a very low level of existence. So that's how I felt, you know, and I, you know, used, used, uh, anything as a distraction, not to, not to really deal with the reality that I didn't, I didn't have a why I didn't enjoy my life. Yeah. Um, I wasn't connecting the good we did and we did a lot of it with, you know, the rewards that we got and I certainly didn't use the rewards well. That's part of, that's part of, um, I think what I connected with, with the book, um, you know, you go for full circle when you start to learn things like I didn't hate the industry. I hated parts of the industry. I hated the, the toxicity of not knowing where your next dollar came from. That was very hard for me. Mm. Um, and then, you know, the last three years when I was you know, trying to learn how to do, do a, something completely different, I'd learned all these things that now I know I could teach entrepreneurs, not just advisors, but entrepreneurs to, to get the real, real thing, which is a truly a lifestyle friendly business at the center of your life that your business kind of rotates around, you know, when you want to. Yeah. It's yeah. powerful like stuff. what we have. Right. Yeah. right. Live, live a good life. Yeah. yeah. I like to see people live a better life, a little more healthy, brain, body, and business. You know, recreate it all. You know, there's things you can do. It happens so slowly. It evolves. Like, I feel like the last, for me, I'm going to say six years just unpacked itself so slowly that you look around now and it's like, it almost, yeah, it, it seems insane that at one point I was where I was, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you get so immersed in the process and I don't know if it's for better or worse that you forget the evolution's happening. You know, there's nothing, all, all work is honorable, but understanding why you're there. Um, and, and, and by the way, if you're an entrepreneur, you need to lead. Like right. you can't, you can't manipulate people into working with you a long time. You're just going to have lots of turnover. When the, the flavor of the week wears off, they're going to go to another company. People want to be inspired and, and follow a leader that makes them feel, um, feel good. Right. Like, uh, without any reasonable explanation, they're just connected to your, you know, your vision and your, uh, and your beliefs. I think that's a big deal. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Leading versus, uh, you know, that, I mean, that's, that's, uh, you know, that's a lot. Uh, you know, be a leader in the right way, not a leader in the wrong way. It's a good book for that. What about you, Steve? What'd you connect with? Um, I really love when these books and big ideas connect back to the, the brain and like the history of humans. And he talks, talks about the, uh, I didn't read much of the book actually to be honest, but I read, I watched a bunch of Ted talks by him mm-hmm. and it, it's, it's what you guys talked about with the, 
the limbic part of the brain being like, uh, have a lot of feeling and disconnected from language. And I thought that was so uh, interesting because he's trying to talk about how um, you have these gut feelings and right. it goes deep in your brain from like the one of the most uh, oldest parts of your brain and you can't even put language on it, but you feel it and it says you follow your heart, you follow your soul um, and all they, they all stem from that circle of safety from back in those days when literally you had to have a tribe with you to protect you from all the different mm -hmm. dangers there were and if you could just to be able to go to sleep and they're still flowing to this day and that's how a lot of organizations he says this really well in his in his ted talk i'll try to not butcher it but he said uh um in the tribe mentality you get rewarded uh for sacrificing yourself for others like that's how the tribe can survive because you have to like protect each other and in organizations they get bonuses for sacrificing others to like gain an oh, advantage yeah. Yeah. and he was saying if you if you have a family member that's like your child comes home with a c grade or you don't say hey you're you're done where you're out of the family you say no how can i like we need to get this right they work with him so he's mm -hmm. like if he believes and it's kind of an interesting theory like your take on of like he believes that that's kind of how businesses should be run if you he had this one study of this guy that um treated his organization with perfect uh, permanent employment like if you work there you have permanent employment you never have to worry and you can never get fired based on performance issues and if, if you're having performance issues, he'll even help you with a coach. And then his morale got boosted like crazy and he had all these great like numbers to, to back it the next following years. But I thought that was a really interesting way to like flip a whole business. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's like there's schools that are like that too. Like you go to like this really elite prep schools. A lot of them have that pride that like they don't, if you, if one person fails, it like is, it shows on the whole symbol of the school. So they'll help you. Ivies. Yeah, yeah. I think the Ivy schools are like that. They don't want to bozos in there, but once you're in there, you gotta exactly. you gotta win. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. Uh, but the the you know the, the limbic brain is the caveman brain, right? And that the that's the the one that has no language versus the, the uh, lizard brain, right? Yeah, the lizard. The, is it the yeah the reptilian brain? Yeah, yeah. the lizard brain. I'm sure that's, that's yeah, just the, kind of it's the one out. where the gut feeling comes out of. Which yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Steve. I mean that I, that was like. One of the coolest points in the book where he's talking about like people uh, like we make decisions emotionally mm -hmm. and the emotional part of the brain is different than the part of the brain associated with language. And so literally trying to explain someone with words, you know, in an elongated explanation on what your company does, like you will never hit the target mm -hmm. because it's just not how we operate. Yeah, right. I thought that was really, really cool. Because yeah, then they, they just out of nowhere was like, nah, I don't want to do this. Yeah. It's a gut feeling. It's like, it doesn't feel good. Yeah. It looks, it makes sense. They just don't. People can't explain why they love their wives, but they love right. their wives. Right. <laughs> right. Like, I love that. <laughs> but he's saying that the, this, when a lady says, like, uh, you know, you, you know, never would I, I never thought I'd marry someone like you. Right. Yeah. What it really means is that you, if I were to write a list of all the things I'd want in a partner, you wouldn't have been any of those things. Like, <laughs> but you married him anyway, yeah. right? which meant there's some kind of of a prehistoric, you know, you know, connection occurred. The gut feeling, the like, gut it's feeling, like that. There is some really weird relationships you look at when people, like, how the hell are those two people together and they're crazy in love. 
Well, he was asking them, right? Like, why, why do you love your wife? Uh, well, she's really nice. Well, there's a lot of really nice people. Well, she's smart. Well, there's a lot of really smart people. Like, why are you right? And people just can't articulate it. They don't yeah. know. Oh, that's a good one. But uh, That's why scientists can't figure out that one. Emotional. They can't study it. They, they write letters about it. They study it. You can't put it under a microscope. Love. Love, yeah, love and in, the intrinsic feeling of uh, loyalty and connection are the same way. I mean, think about like the like a like a president that you know, like Kennedy, and they interview the Secret Service people. It's like you die for him. Like you would literally take a bullet, no problem. And some of it's training, but at some level, they they le- they believe in that what that what that president believes in. Yeah, you'd have to. Yeah, that's like a, I, that. A, actually, what's one thing that fascinated me about Simon was that. He had such an inquisitive thought process of trying to find these answers, and one of them was with the, some people in the military. Like he heard this story of um, this guy went to like I forget what was happening, but battlefield saved a guy, dropped him off, and then like gave him a kiss and ran back to go like rescue more people. And he was and he would like what fascinates me about Simon is he he immediately thought like what is that? That's just like what drives somebody to go do that? Like there's people in the military is it only and he even like questioned himself is like maybe those are the are there more people like that? Does everybody have that or is that why they're in the military because they just have this greater why? And then he he just came to, he came to the conclusion after talking to them is that the, the helping of others was the most fulfilling feeling to those people and not just in the military but that's what like part of the conclusion was that that fulfillment was really a driving factor this was a ted talk this was a ted talk yeah yeah you have the bell curve too i mean um there, when when there's a draft mm. you know some people are in front in the front row. they sign up they like it excited about it they'll go sign up and then others will be terrified and, and he talked about in in like innovation there's some people that'll buy a piece of technology just to have it first. They're the, the innovators. No, the, uh, he calls them the early adopters. No, the innovators in the bell curve. And then you got the early adopters. And that kind of goes, like, those are the people that, I think there's 10%. Mm-hmm. Two, 2% are in right away. Right, the innovators. Yeah. Were you an innovator when you bought, like, the iPhone? Or I'm any? not an innovator. I'm, I'm near the front, but I, I like to yeah. see that it works. Yeah. You know? I, also, I don't think tech makes or breaks so like there's no like the upside to buying something right away. I just mm-hmm. don't really see it. If we're talking technology, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's in a lot of different things. It's in it's in lots of things. Um, but the innovator, I think that what's the book Crossing the Chasm? Mm-hmm. Like that's the book where he, it's pretty well drawn out. But it's it's funny how all these books are related. Because um, I bought the first iPhone. I think I, I think I'm an innovator. I like I and I'm also impulsive. I'm either one. I don't know which one's true, but. Some people want it first, but those are the ones that make the most mistakes, too. But um, the innovators are the ones that you want to get early on in your product. Um, if you have something you believe in, you can tell a good story around that, communicate to our last book. If you can tell a good, good story around your vision and your idea, you can attract and lead innovators and early adopters to create some critical mass in a business. Mm. But if you don't have a why, it's very difficult to get someone to to change a buying pattern because the consumers are difficult to influence now. Right. You, know, you got to have a why. Like, why would I, why would I change what I'm doing? Where, where I'm eating my food, what, where I'm, you know, buying my equipment, my clothes. Like that's, that takes more than that. Yeah. You have to, you have to identify the, the Harley Davidson tattoo I thought was, was a yeah. pretty, pretty good point <laughs> driving that home. You know, they make, it was either 10 or 12% of their, um, total revenue on merchandise. 
you know, people identify, it's not about the bike, the service, it takes six months to a year to get one. They're not fast, yeah. uh, but it's what it represents, you know? And so that group of people, um, they'll be there That's through an thick and thin. interesting group of people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, and they're not all bikers. I mean, some people just love the American, you know, they're prideful Americans. Um, yeah. I mean, I have a Harley tattoo on my back. <laughs> Well, that's, some people have a, some people have Harley tattoos, but don't own the, oh, Har- I know. Don't own the I Harley. Know. I know they don't even own a that's Harley. Crazy. Isn't that weird? Imagine walking into a tattoo parlor and say, "Give me a Harley Davidson, you know, tattoo," and I don't own a Harley. Yeah, you drove it's up in your body forever. What's the worst car you could have driven up in Minivan. to get a Harley? <laughs> Minivan. I wonder what they would drive. Volkswagen bus. Probably American car, like a Chevy, or a truck. Probably a pickup truck. Would be the worst. That's probably what they drove up. That's a pickup truck. Right, That's a pickup right, right. truck market. Yeah, yeah, pickup trucks. That was another a wor- example. Working yeah. person like Volkswagen, known. Right. <laughs> that was another cool one. They're known for like you know they got the hippie feel and right. um, you know love and what's the different color shirt tie dye. Right, right, and right. Uh, you know they tried to be bold and put out a seventy eighty thousand dollar luxury car and it flopped because it's not aligned with their why. Right. Yeah. But the Volkswagen means a uh, car of the people. That's right. Yeah, 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 which, yeah. I, which I thought was cool. You mentioned that's that. a that's a like, that's a very old brand. Car of the car eighty thousand dollar car of the people. Uh, yeah. Nah, miss the mark, buddy. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's interesting. There was a really cool metaphor. I talked about it in one of my videos, and I know it hit because Steve. We didn't even talk about this, and Steve talked about it on on one of his videos. Is the uh, the car manufacturing plant in Japan? Oh, right, right, right. Oh, I'd lo- I mean, it's it's not even in line with what we're talking about right now. It's just so good. I don't want to forget it. Um, basically, uh, it has to do with your why, obviously. And uh, so there's an American visiting a Japanese, like, assembly line. Do you remember the time frame, Steve? Early no, 1900s? No, I could look at them. Mid-1900s? Um, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Uh, Japanese mallets. Um, and so he's watching the assembly line and he goes to the end when they're putting the door in and he goes you know I have a question why is there no one with the mallet making sure that the door is inserted you know tapping it making sure that it's properly inserted and and it's not going to fall out and the the Japanese manufacturer someone working there says uh, well we do that in the engineering room like we do that from the beginning it comes out so that it fits. And I feel like, you know, if you had to take a theme through this book, I mean, that's knowing your why is directing your business, directing your life in line so that it, everything fits into that as opposed to like, you know, Terrence and I, we right. were talking about different manipulation techniques and trying to right. find new products and schemes. That's taking the metaphorical hammer and trying to, yeah. um, really interesting. I, I love that. That's yeah. probably my favorite part in the whole book. Yeah. Yeah. You, if you, if you know what your why is, you'll build it right the first time. Everything yeah. falls into place. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've gotten into huge trouble when I leave my why, yeah. when I see it's like squirrel, right. And you go and you try and do this yeah. thing over here, this thing over here, right. this thing over here. And it's like not in line and you just, uh, have to always have to backtrack. Um, but yeah, what was the other one? I, was gonna, I had something that was reminded me of you actually. So last year when I was in my own apartment, uh, like when I, f- that was the first time since college and I was like cutting away, my why was like really strong and it was, but it was hard to like what was it? do that. It was just to live my best life and like give myself the best chance I could to escape my corporate job. And, um, 
do everything I can. And part of that was cutting people away. That's why it reminded me of oh, you. Yeah. And it was very hard because I was like, I'm a, you guys know me now as like, I'm a very loving person. I'm always put other people way before myself too much. Like I, that's what, what my fault was. And I had to come back to like the middle ground. And it was so tough because there was so many times where friends wanted to hang out for like no reason, just kind of just like to do nothing. Mm-hmm. I almost cursed again. <laughs> and so uh, uh, I was like, it was, it helped made it easier when I understood, like I'm making, I'm saying no to them, not because of them, but because I have this like greater goal in mind. So mm-hmm. it, like, that was like, uh, it reminded me of like having that why strong and being clear with it, knowing that I'm not hurting them or I'm not like telling them no, is that I'm really giving, I'm doing it for something greater. They, they would probably understand that. And I think that's just a great theme for this book too, is that sometimes your why's unclear in different yeah. decisions you make. But if you can get super clear on that and remember that while you're doing it, it's helpful. That's kind of funny because when you, when you quit drinking, like I did, mm-hmm. right, and, and your brand was drinking, like people ask you why. And, you know, there's never been a really good ex- ex- not excuse, but when you say, oh, I don't drink anymore. It's like, why? I was like, well, if you, if you really had a good, good reason you probably can can come up with something better than I'm in a addiction program or what about your I got drunk, hours away I got from a drunk 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 driving you know <laughs> it's like oh I can't you know court ordered is like no I want to be healthy you know I'm not um, I used to say I'm allergic to it because it, it used to make Easier. my eyes swell and uh, my my nose bleed I got my ass kicked but <laughs> I have a funny story similar to that as yeah. well with um. Well, when I was in college, drank a lot. And then after college, and I'm like working nine to five. I didn't have any interest of doing that. I wanted to sleep well. And then part of it was my dunking journey of like trying to push right. my body to the limit. And it, like you said, it, what was really strange to me is like when I had to explain myself that I wanted to go to bed or other people, right. I wanted to go to bed early, eat healthy and not eat out and save money. And all these things that are so healthy on the surface, right. you have to explain. You, it's, right. It felt so backwards to me. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to drink. And they're like, why not? I'm like, I want to get a good sleep. Or I, I, right. I, I don't want to dehydrate myself. And they, they, that confused them. I'm like, wait, do I have it backwards? Or who has it backwards? It good, was crazy. It's a good application of this in a non-business environment. Like if, if, you're, if you're behaving differently, you gotta kind of understand why. Like yeah. the end result is something you want to do. Like the, the language is, I'm going to not drink anymore. And the, the bridging language to explain the why is, so that I can live longer. I can have more disposable income to invest. I could lose weight. I could uh, not make an ass of myself. There's like a million different ways to do that. Yeah. Like I want to make a million dollars so I can help people, you know, through philanthropy. I can uh, spend more time with my family and, and be a better parent. You know, those are that. So that is the, the words that go after your business statement that explains your why. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Will I mean, help? Good. I was just going to say, I mean, it brings a lot of clarity and I'm glad we're talking about it from a non-business uh, perspective too, for, <clears throat> for some context, you know, so if Steve's why is health and fitness, he's cutting away places and things that don't align with that. So, the friends that party, the places, the restaurants, the activities, it's uh, a lot of stuff, you know, but your why sort of directs all that. And have you guys, either of you ever done something that like, whether it's even as small, like going out with someone or doing something for the night that you know doesn't align with like what you really care about and it's kind of in the back of your head the whole yeah. time like yeah. ah yeah you're, oh, you're disengaged yeah right you're, you're checked out right and uh that, 
that's actually how I rationalize it, not to c- cut you off, but um, like that's how I would rationalize it to people is that I would tell them I'm not going to enjoy this, this time out. Like if we want to go see a movie, I want to see it so badly, but I have so much to do right. that I'm not going to enjoy it as much. Like if you wait till two more days or something, I'll enjoy it more. And that's why like when we do things, I enjoy it so much because I have it like comp- compartmentalized that if you want me to do this and like pull me out of my why, basically, mm. I'm not going to I'm not going to be fully there. Just like you were mentioning. Mm. You know, if you talk to somebody, they usually kind of kind of know their why. They don't. Sometimes they just don't talk about it very well, or they're be- sometimes they're embarrassed to even say like why. Like why would you like? Oh, I want to I want to compete in the Olympics, or like in Steve's case, I want to dunk. Right. You know, you need you need to you, you, like you can't be like if you want to be a really great business person. Very few amazing transformative world changers. What are the Ray Dalio calls them the shapers. Very few are, are into, into partying and drinking. Right. Very few. It's like the enemy of success. So they shouldn't have to explain themselves. I never hear that. Do you, yeah. know any, do you know any business uh, moguls that are, are, you know, talk about drinking? or? Very rarely. I just feel like the upside is so low. Like, like I, don't, I enjoy dancing as much as anyone. <laughs> I swear. Ooh, same thing pretty much, and right? It's, <laughs> and it's like, that, that's what people say. Don't you like to go out? And then, I'm like, I can do that. I don't just, it's just not as, I enjoy <laughs> the high energy more. That's what I, it comes down to is I enjoy like the, the way I feel most of the day instead of just like the one hour or the two hours. I, I enjoy like this and reading and all the, I don't know. I guess it's nuts. But. The only time I've seen you drink when we were out was in Columbia at that like weird place <laughs> well, that, where people were dancing <laughs> on the table. No, we were dancing with each other. We were three guys, yeah, were three American guys. Real dancing. cool dudes. <laughs> we had a really good game that day. Yeah. You want to take some questions by the way? Yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. All right. This one is from Bradley. It says, what are the best strategies to delegate both down and up the ladder to get more accomplished? All right, one more time. Uh, what are the best strategies to delegate both down and up the ladder to get more accomplished? So, Jocko, right? I mean, extreme ownership, is that where your mind's going to? I get Yeah, that's, I've heard this question before, but it seems like it's the wrong book. It, yeah. yeah. But it's cool. Um, it could be, actually. He didn't specify what book, but I did say text in about any book, so he might have... Let's do that's let's throw back to the Jocko book. Um, and that's if maybe maybe you just watched that episode. I'm not sure. But if not, I would I would ha- have you go there and, and, and read that. But basically what he says is you have someone um, you have your higher ups and you have if you're a manager people that you manage and to put it, you know, very simply, you want to make sure that the higher ups have line of sight to what you're doing. They understand, they're aware, uh, because a lot of times they don't know when there's miscommunication. They don't have line of sight to the intricacies in the day-to-day, looking in the wrong camera, the day-to-day of what you're doing. Um, so they won't know when they'll do things that don't make sense. So that communication and line of sight. And then when you're down the ladder, you're explaining why. Because a lot of times you know, you're communicating things that need to be done, and it doesn't make sense. People don't get it on the surface. They take it personally. They think they're having to do extra work just for the hell of it. Right. If you sit them down, you say, look, here are goals as a team. And doing these things helps us with these goals. There's a, a you know, camaraderie and a sense of understanding that helps. So that's yeah. sort of the one-on-one. That's a so you know you look at you look at different different things with communications. You got three parties involved, right? You got yourself, you got up and down. So right. you got three legs of a stool. And it's very easy if you want to throw the the company under the bus. If, let's pretend it's the leadership, the field application, and, the, and the, in this case, the military, right? Mm-hmm. So you got the generals, and then you got the field commander, and then you got the infantry. 
you know, they there there's a potential for you know the the leader to to, to not communicate up and down correctly, uh, and you got to understand it's three three legs of the same stool sitting down together, and it's a good way to remember. It. I yeah, like, like they're all we're all in this together. They may have run, and I, I think in this case, like the the. The, the senior people may have run models and simulations that the field is not aware of and they don't have time to explain it. Right. Like right. This could be, this could lose the war. Trust me, this is the right information. There's certain things when, when uh, like compensation changes, we, we heard that at the company level, like the compensation is changing uh, and the field's pissed off at it. Like they're changing the commissions and then, you know, everyone's bitching about it. It'd be easier for the, the, the leader to say, ah, you know, the company, they, they're trying to make a buck. And the company, after all, is trying to actually save jobs. Yeah. Like, we're trying to get rid of the people that aren't really working. We're just going to phase them out this way. And so a good leader will communicate that up and down. Would you say, would you say in, it's essentially those two things, communication, so clear transparency up and down, and then ownership. So if you're in the middle, and like you said, there's the other two legs, anything that goes wrong up or down, you're saying, hey, this is because of my inability to communicate it, so I'm going to make a change right now. Yeah, you take a lot of wax to the head. Yeah, yeah you got it. <laughs> That's for sure. It's but it's true. Yeah, a lot of wax to the head doing that. Oh, oh yeah. I, mean, I got another question, but oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch up the question because it's a little too easy. So I want to try to see if you can oh. kind of challenge you guys. So the question is, what is your why? But my challenge is, can you let's see, do it in one sentence, but say how you're gonna specifically do it as well. So I'm thinking like, you want to do something, and then how you do it. So the how and the what, explaining your why. Does that make sense? So our why, our how, and our what. Yeah, all in one sentence. Woo. Okay. <laughs> we'll take a crack. Um, so, one sentence. I, hard, Steve. I know, I know. But okay. you can start with your why. Eddie might be able to do it. I, think I, right I do it. I yeah, think I can do it. I think I can do it. I knew would, you would love it. You could make this it. statement a lot shorter, but it would take a long time. Like Mark, Mark Twain. Twain. I win. <laughs> about writing short copy. You're a king. I help others, or I'll say we as an organization. We help others live their best lives by... You got it. Creating stories and content that inspires. Ah, man, the what, the how and the what. Yeah. So help me differentiate the how and the what. Hmm. I mean, you're trying to say what's your why in one statement? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Like, um, I think help others live their best lives by telling stories that inspire on social media outlets and platforms that are easy to consume and understand. (laughs) Yeah. It's like Michael Scott with the long headline. Yeah, you could say. <laughs> Dude, all right, if it I was, get one it sentence, was, it's it got to awesome. be a relatively was, long sentence. It was awesome. You did it. Oh, that man. Was great. All right. Yeah. That's good. That was a good challenge. He did it. He's the, that's what we got him on the team. Anything for. else? You want me to recite pi to the 12th yeah. digit? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, another question. Um, this is a good one. Uh, what gets you out of bed in the morning and what keeps you up at night? Mm. You want to go or you want me to go? Out of bed in the morning? Uh, for me, it's the opportunity. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, it's just the excitement of, you know, the, the downside of being an entrepreneur is you don't have that consistency. So there's that little, you know, there's that feeling in your stomach like, you, as you say, you yeah. uh, eat what you kill. Yeah. Um, it, but the, the upside is so incredible. Like, I, I live by the philosophy you're one creation away from a totally different life. That's why I get up like today is, is could be the day everything changes could right. be the day, you know, whatever. And then keeps me up at night is 
probably when I stray from my why or I feel like I didn't do enough that day, um, wasn't methodical in my approach, that type of thing. Yeah, that's interesting. You're, you're, you haven't seen Hamilton yet, right? No, uh, just in your yeah, car, I've heard so of Hamilton. Uh, well, Alexander Hamilton was a, a founding father, and he seventeen seventy. Yeah, he's got a you know he's got a big big uh, you know Broadway. Lin Manuel uh, rewrote that kind of into a Broadway show, which is, was fantastic. City. So Alexander Hamilton was uh, you know they made a Broadway show about him. He was a founding father, and he could write. He'd write all day and night, and mm-hmm. he always wrote like he was running out of time. So what kept me up at night was that I was writing out of time. Uh, what I got up in the morning to do was to learn, you know, learn more. I mean, mostly through, you know, books and, and learning new things. So my, what gets me up is to learn more and to, and to, and to, and to learn in, in a way that I can teach it to others. And what keeps me up is, uh, you know, the grim reality that, you know, with my, you know, my medical situation is I may not live as long as others. So that I'd run out of time. So compressing it, compressing everything, making sure every day is lived to the fullest. Get it done, yeah, as much as you can. Get it, get it to, um, you know, live your best day. You know, get it all, get it all done. You know, don't waste time. It's powerful stuff, man. Yeah. And it was only a few weeks ago, by the way, that you brought this to my attention. So l- learning something to learn it versus learning something to teach it. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds like nuance, but like yeah. something about the way you break it down in your head when you know you have to recite it really, really helps you absorb it better because everything you're learning, you're like, okay, how would I explain this? Right, you know. like a, like the old, uh, remember you had to give a, a live presentation to the class on a topic? Oh, for kids? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of the same way. You got to learn at that, at that level. Or a presentation to people that you respect. If you're ready to give a presentation to your peers and you're, you're like nervous, that means you're, you know, it matters. So you got to learn it like you, you learn everything like you're teaching it to that group. Like it's game day. Yeah. All right, so we'll try this question. So, Eddie, you said this book was, like, top five. Would you say it's your favorite book? If not, do you have a favorite book so far? Um, my favorite book? My favorite book is probably Relentless. This is definitely my top top five, hands down. Um, Essentialism, The Martian, Relentless, Start With Why, and... You made the top five? Start with why? 100%. I was thinking about top three, but it's definitely top five. I wish I read it five years ago, three or four years ago. What would you rank this one, <laughs> T? This one's a, this is, like I said, required reading at, uh, at Harvard or Wharton or any bit. You start a business, this may be the first book you read. I mean, that's, that's the basis of, of what you do and why you do it. Uh, it's the basis of why you do, why you do it, and what you do and how. Um, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I have a hard time picking my favorite book. I really do. They're all the different. favorite all books that different. we've had are the ones we've done. So the, I guess, you know, the one thing I love by Gary Keller, because I'm pretty simple, the mm-hmm. domino effect, um, you know, essentialism I love as well. You know, I just, um, and this is a great book. I mean, this is, this is a, a big part. If you're going to start a new journey in life, there's lots of uh, non-business applications to this for sure. Um, you know, figure out why, you know, why you want to go do something. Like Anything, that. yeah. Transformation <laughs> is the human experience, like going from one place to another. And the best question you can ask yourself is, why do I even want to do this? Mm. Why don't I just stay where I am? One more story. One more story I just remembered about the Wright brothers. Did he talk about that in the book? Yeah. He was saying how they were outnumbered financially with resources, yet they were the first to take flight. 
And then the other guy, I forget his name. I think it was like Searport or something. Pierpod Langton. There it Sydney is. Sydney Pierpod Langton. So he wanted the rich and famous part of being the first in the air. And then as soon as the Wright brothers did it, he gave up. And like right. that go, goes to show you like he had no why in it. He was just doing it for all these wrong reasons. And now he has nothing to do with his life because he was... He gave up on something because just some because of somebody else, <laughs> somebody else achieved it first. Mm. That's interesting. That's interesting. I forgot that he gave up. Yeah, he gave. Because right you up. imagine you ever see uh, someone in a pickup game, they lose the tournament, and they go home. <laughs> I, you ever had like that? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, so it's like they, they they lose the first round, they just leave. Shout out to my little and brother. Tiger Woods <laughs> do that once, didn't he? When he was in his bad place, didn't he just do really badly and just left? Quit a tournament? Oh, I don't know. I think I'm he not did. Sure. Hopefully, I probably. <laughs> I don't know. I think he did. Oh, no. I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I hope he's going to get mad at me, but I think he did. I think he's. <laughs> I think it's be all right. But yeah, it's like you take your kickball and go home. Yeah, if things aren't going sore well. loser. Yeah, the Wright brothers wanted to bring air travel to the world, and uh, Pierpont Langton wanted to be rich. Yeah, and the Wright brothers won with no, you know, no, no dream team members, no money. They're Bike shop. Yeah, they used to take five parts, five sets of parts out to go try out their new airplane. Imagine that. What kind of what kind of courage would you have to get in oh something God. you don't an airplane you don't think will work? I have a hard time getting the ones I know work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to wrap it up? Yeah, let's do it. What do we got for next week? So we have Brene Brown Dare to Lead, and uh, I am about ten minutes in. They mentioned one of my friends in the book, which is pretty cool, and uh, I'm pumped about it. I, I've seen her TED Talk, and I've wanted to dive into some of her books for a long time, and I haven't, so I'm, I'm pretty jacked up. It's kind of cool. I'm looking forward to it because I haven't read. I've, I've followed her stuff on social media. She's, a, she's on my account there. I, I, she's a Texas uh, Longhorn, so I enjoy her stories about football. But uh, a lot of the things from her TED Talk, Barry Michaels talked about with the tools. Oh, really? Yeah, the, well, the shadow is a lot about vulnerability. Oh, I mean, it's right. a big part of the, you know, the shadow is that, that vulnerable person that you have, you know, with you at all times. Yeah. I haven't read it. I loved her TED Talk, but I can't wait to do that and dive into that and many others. Sounds good. Now we have our live on Thursday night. Uh, On this particular topic, we have a live workshop every Thursday night, and there'll be a link to register. And when you register, even if you can't make it, um, we have a, uh, we send you a recording of it. So we do it live as a podcast, but we take live questions about uh, business. This would be a good one because this is a really hot book. Yeah. Last week's was a blast too. I mean, we dive into the book, ask questions about it, apply it. I mean, it's a really fun workshop. Our first one. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. So So, stop on by. All right. Hit the link in the episode notes and give us a review if you haven't done so yet. They're very helpful. Appreciate it, guys. Take care.